Let's cut first 30 seconds out. And two, one. Did you see his director? Boy, poo. You had skills. You had skills. If the government sends you a check in the mail, it's okay. You can just say hey. we can buy pants, all the other stuff. <laughs> it'd be horrible on set. It'd be horrible on set. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> on reality TV set, that's not for me. Good on reality TV. Though. I make my own script. <laughs> I would love hey, to how, see you on. How was y'all's week, man? My week was good. I was. You had a good week. Heck yeah! I got some rest. It was good. Okay. I needed it. I got resting. Try not to curse. <laughs> B face. I found that out at work. Oh, someone told you that. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember that vir- that video on TikTok? I kind of went like a little viral. By working from home, somebody want to do it no more and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm at work. <laughs> back up in there. I'm there. You back up in that thing. I'm white. You gotta hustle. I'm white. Gotta hustle. Bike. Gotta do it. I gotta put clothes on. I gotta Dang. be on time. That is ghetto. <laughs> and clothes the most fun part. You yeah, but what? it's the being on time. It's the not wow. having the comfort of your home. If I'm going to like be fly, that. I'm not going to be on time. And I liked it that rhyme. Bars. It's fresh off the mind. You might get bars. Couldn't do it again. <laughs> Couldn't do it again. Anyway. Hey, you know what? It's a good time to introduce the podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Melanist Podcast, where we as black men and women... Talk about our POVs here in the 21st century. And you're probably wondering what a melanist is. You know what a feminist is? <laughs> well, all right then. Well, well all right then. then. Yes, sir. Tomboy. That's what, That's what it I'm is. About. Shit. I like all that right. enthusiasm. Not a problem. You know what I'm saying? Too. Shit, what are we talking about today? I know you got right, some good. You come with yeah, we're going to hit you week. with some. Uh, so, did y'all hear about Jim Jones? He was on the Angela Yee show. Jim and Nancy. Like, Nancy, she just, ooh, the issues that come with her. Uh, but Jim Jones called, said that his. I don't mean to cut you off. It's called lip service, right? Yeah. Angela Yeah. Yeah. It's a sex podcast. A- Angela, a- Angela, 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 Nah, he ain't said that. Re- he re- said re- was that. really on your paper. That ain't on your paper. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, what he said. He did say that. Mm-hmm. That his mom taught him how. Ain't no way, my boy. Okay, like she had a teddy bear. Cause that shit weird. So, but she tongue kissed like a teddy bear or something. Yeah, like about? some incest shit. Like she put her tongue in his mouth and she ain't put her tongue in her mouth. Shut up, Shell. Quit spreading rumors. Stop, stop, stop spreading okay. rumors. Play the video. Play the video. I'm telling you. Oh, Play I that see this. Play that I wasn't very familiar with it until you brought it up. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, give me a second. I keep talking. Give me a second. This is nasty. That's why, Mike. You weren't familiar wanna... with that shit because you didn't want to hear that. That's I just one of those you don't want to hear that. You feel like, hey, y'all just keep talking about it while I do that. I don't. No. No, I don't want to. <laughs> That's some nasty, but 100% weird, of the audience like, nasty stuff. 
it is. I want I really want someone to put in the comments if they agree with that shit because I we need to talk. That's weird or like nah, like, some people like to get nasty in they in that shit. It's nasty. But Let's discuss weird it. is, weird and is nasty. further than nasty. Yeah, weird and nasty. And he <laughs> to was me. like I swear Jim was dead ass. I think he came out later on saying he was joking, but he was dead. He was dead serious because uh, his mom came uh, up and said Nah, his mom came out and said, Yeah. Shell that. The tea was getting too good. I thought she was about to say Annie came out later in the show. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> all right, let me let me see if y'all uh, we can only do 30 seconds in this. So let's see. Been married. Is that why? Did your mom tell you about sex when you were young? Can y'all see that? No. Nope. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. You got the wrong One screen up there. You got the wrong screen up <laughs> Want to talk bike. Yeah, well, yeah, else. Uh, y'all can hear it, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back, playboy. Uh, sex when you were young. told me everything about sex. Like, what? My I first condoms, shit like that. My mom told me how to kiss when I was younger. <laughs> what did she tell you to do? <laughs> she told me how to tongue kiss when I was younger. Like, like, what's the instructions? It wasn't no instructions. She showed me with her mouth. Like, she... She kissed you? It's my mother. No, I'm just asking. Okay. Oh, my parents never... My parents kissed me, barely kissed me on the cheek. No, so my mom just showed me how to, she showed me her tongue kiss when I was younger. Remember, my mom was seventeen. She's no, nah, there's no excuse for that shit. No excuse. I'm just hoping whatever you say next made up for God. Could we pause? I'm, I, <sighs> he basically explained his mom was young. And she was like, "Oh, yeah. she, she tongue kissed me," and the reason is she was young, so I don't know if she knew. That nah. You don't do that. To your, I got a drink on that your one. Your kids. I need to just take it. I need to sip in this. I need to take a shot. <laughs> just down at this point. Wes, your face is at all. No, that's a no go. That's not a. That's not a us thing. Is he mixed? <laughs> Jimmy, I don't think he is. I got questions that need answers. Right? ASAP Rocket. No, I don't think he is. I'm sure he like some type of Spanish because his hair. I possibly. I think he did from New York. All these Spanish people got good hair. No, no. I'm just saying, like he looked like he could be Spanish too. He lived in New York. There's a lot of like Dominicans and stuff like that in there. He looked like he had a great chance. He had some type of Spanish background. I like I like how you do it out of the worm. Feel me. Yeah, you get the jersey of the day. Man. So that nah, real talk, real talk. That, that's crazy. I, I really that's thought you same. I thought you was BSing. I thought it was nah, bad. He for real said that. Like how she said his mom <laughs> was young. She wasn't that young. No. If you said she was, that was that a teenager, was got you, which that's weird because there's no way possible that your child is a teenager. Is old enough to be tongue kissing and you're a teenager. So you're 20 something, bare minimum. Nine, I would say, almost 30. And you tongue hockey your son. <laughs> Let me show you how to do this. And then it's acceptable. Oh, 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 oh. You think it's crazy. acceptable. It could have been. Okay with it. It could have been earlier though, bro. You see videos now. We just didn't have social media back when we was kids and stuff. Part. But you see videos out now. Girls twerking on their little five year old son and shit. Like that it ain't kissing them, but that wrong. ain't it's wrong. It's I know it ain't the same level. That's what I'm saying. Like it's very possible that 
she could have been teaching this that's, fool at eight years old to do this shit. But that's like this close to like some incest shit. Like that's Maybe, disgusting. I gotta see that's a response. Maybe later we see a response. I gotta see mom gotta be talking or something. Like something gotta did something come out that this was okay. You said later he tried to change it. You said that right. Yeah, he tried to he tried to um pull it back and said it was a joke. Jim did. Oh, he better have said that. That's what I'm saying. He later on said that. On lip service, they do be drinking and they ask some outrageous questions. I they might have but he volunteered that. He volunteered that because she yeah. asked about sex. She said, who taught you about sex? That's what she asked. He volunteered the tongue kissing thing. He said, mom was oh, in. Oh, so does yeah. that mean his mama was giving, like she let him give him back shots? Like, let me show you how to beat the shit I up from the not. back. I hope not. Oh, God. Oh, oh my up. God. I'm confused, man. Like, where's the I'm line? I thought that line was already crossed. Oh, my God. So where is the line? line? Where's his line? Ugh. I'm so. First of all, who I, I that got gas? Somebody stole me. Somebody got a little air on this stuff. I got hurt. Damn, shit. No, that's the that's Ooh. the impression. Don't you ever. <laughs> you mute your shit. That ain't... You oh, a that, woman. You supposed that to. Was, that was, that was not me. That was your drawer. I just what your drawer. That shit was not me. If anybody, it's probably Mike. Why your drawer? Why your drawer vibrating, Shay? Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> I got shit in there. That's how that shit vibrates. It's, it's all like something. It's all like, you know, someone on, on your phone get to vibrate on a nightstand. Don't come from my yeah, it's all like It's all like a Star Wars fight scene. <laughs> so you put that, don't, come, you, don't come from my shit. You put that shit up when you done, goddamn. My it. shit is silent, okay? Don't come from my oh, shit. You're going to be mad. You're going to go back. It ain't got no battery life. First like of all, don't need batteries. Yeah, that's like, that's like when you get the nigga. When you get a nigga henny drunk, but you got <laughs> you gave him one too many shots, so he went to sleep. You don't get no henny dick. Yeah, that's what happened when your battery is dead on your shit. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment. Uh, you yeah. giving your you toy to charge your toy? Man, that's be pissed. Throw that shit. Mad as hell. Got charged a nigga. Look, even something that's battery or energy ran runs out of energy. Y'all probably right, mad right. at the machine. Like, oh, you mad ain't. As hell. Shit. You don't want to work today? You don't want to work? Yes, I be pissed. Hey, you know who Damn don't right. run out of energy? Jason Derulo. My boy <laughs> got time. <laughs> <laughs> My boy got time today. Hey, tell me about this, though. So, for y'all that do not know about Jason Derulo, first off, y'all are probably like, who the hell is Jason Derulo? What song does he sing? Mike, spotlight. Hold on, real quick before we get started. <laughs> Name a Jason Derulo song. Jason Don't worry. Derulo. I'll answer for you. Here we go. <laughs> he can't. All you know is Jason Derulo. That's terrible. Well, anyway, so some fan called him Usher. Jason Derulo ran Buddy down. We don't want to promote violence, so we're not going to show that. But he ran Buddy down and Merry Christmas. Pick up your late Merry Christmas present. Oh, he punched him up? What? And got for, the... I don't know. I don't know what his gang affiliation is, but he C-walked or B-walked all over my guy. <laughs> right. It had to start something before. Was this the whole video? Like, oh, that's it's... a compliment. That's what I said. Because, like, don't nobody know who you are, Jason. They that's know you from the TikTok move. dances that you be trying to do. That's it. He, he on TikTok? He on TikTok. He be trying to do, like, he does different... TikTok dances and people try to do the same Ooh. thing. That's about it. Jason Derulo. Oh, yeah. I don't know him from his music. I like got that. a bunch of followers on TikTok. Yeah. Does it? Oh, because yeah. he a jeans jacket assassin. 
Like real talk. That nigga be wearing jackets, but he got a fro hawk. I can't say nothing. <laughs> Side note before you just for him. Yeah, me throw it out there real quick for Mike get to drinking yeah. and get the tenant on me. I ain't gonna tell shit. I had a mishap. I was cutting my hair with some something hit me in like it was like a string. And I jumped. I was like, ah, right. You know, cut my curls off. So now I got a fro hawk. Why well, I got a hat. I don't think grown men are supposed to have fro hawks. But anyway, I digress. Jason Derulo. So I understand if Usher whooped the fan for calling him Jason Derulo. But like y'all said, valid. is that not a compliment? That's a compliment. Either right. whichever way he puts it, that's a compliment. He should have thanked that fan instead Usher, of beating that baby. fan's butt. I mean, I'm, I'm, feel like I'm, defense, but. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. That was hard. It was so hard. But real talk, I don't think you get to a point where you feel like uh, I know it's actually, but you feel like you've had quite a few accomplishments in your career. You just don't want to be compared. Maybe, maybe he truly just feel like he had a point in his career, like where he just accomplished and he got a name. Which you do. You do got fans that if you ask that question to. Cause he got like international fan. I think he, I think his shit going to like Mexico and everything. And his music is um, bilingual. I think he got some his uh, ethnic background might even. Bro, I don't like care him. about his sexual orientation. All I know is <laughs> that the man is, is that's too far, bro. Like again, you gotta have some accountability. I feel you, but you get we getting these jokes off because that's an inferior inferiority complex or whatever you got going on within you that insecurity is what i'm trying to say that's it your own insecurity it makes no sense for you to put hands and feet why not hot side i'd have flamed them you bad bill well you know everybody can't flame so i'd have went crazy yeah you'd have been good in that lane but maybe his flame game terrible or you could say ha ha i got a million so but like, he go but it don't matter i know you mentioned accountable accountable he's gonna get held accountable He's a he's no, of he's a brown skinned color. He, if it was me, I'm suing your ass. Like, hey, thank you. These jokes thank are the worst in the world. Thank you for hitting me in my shit. Right. <laughs> right. I'm about to give me a little bag real quick. I think he doesn't realize that he doesn't resonate here in America. To you us, so? I feel like he think he's accomplished here in America. No, that's the problem. I don't oh, think okay. he is. Y'all just said a, a lot of his streams yeah. and all of the other stuff from overseas. Definitely, because you know his shit is more pop, and pop ain't pop. Pop is more world or it ain't really American. Mm. I mean, it's American, but more so international folks like that pop sound. We're still oh, yeah. more of a country R and B and hip hop. Only pop I know you get out the refrigerator. They go. I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, don't throw these. Drink. Don't throw these southerners off. She'll like pop. First of all, I know what pop is. Don't, no, don't do she that. probably say say soda pop. No, pop, I say pop. pop. Soda pop. I say pop with soda. Gotcha. I respect. Pop that's why soda. we rock with you. Remember, my family's East Coast, so. Oh, that's right. Word is bond B. Words <laughs> Whatever, <your mother>. son. <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you're a part-time thug. I always knew something. Part-time. Part-time. What other dance? What other dance y'all got? That's it. That's y'all Chicken one dance. <laughs> Oh, he's on some soda hurt, on the side. Mm. See, mm. soda. Mm. Oh, yeah. They Chicken said soda. They say no pop. They said soda. Right. We say gotcha. soda. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That's what we say. 
But uh, I mean, so look, that's crazy. We didn't touch our, our little hot topics, right? We got them out yep. the way. Yep. Anything? Y'all got anything else? Nope. We're not missing anything. Any RIPs? Any famous people? No. We good. RIP Betty Hi, White. Yeah. RIP. Who was it this week? RIP Betty White. Joe Betty Madden. White. John Sydney Cordier. Sydney Cordier. That was That's a big one, Chef. Um, Bob Saget later on this week. Uh, who else? All right. Somebody Don't cancel me. But you need to go look up Tourette Guys. God rest his soul. He's called Tourette Guy. And just go look it up. You're welcome. Having Tourette. a bad day. It's a. It's meant to be funny so you can laugh in private. Don't laugh in front of people. Right. Do you really cool. pass? Okay. Yeah, Tourette but guy. check it out. You know, I just noted that. Okay. Yeah. Tourette, Tourette guy? Tourette yeah, Tourette guy. You need Tourette, not Terry. No, no, no. Tourette, boy. Don't make sure you ain't fucking shit up. This man. That's weird. It was somebody else that passed away. I can't. It's nobody else. That's any party A one of. I think a lot of people sleep on that one, though. They don't know. I don't know it's why. Like oh, yeah, they don't know. Yeah, that's because he's not yeah. our era, but like he's more historical. Like our generation probably know more about Betty White because of Golden Girls. Right. Then right. we know about Cindy Portier. Which, what do you play which in, Mike? should be about the same. Cindy Portier? Yeah. Can you name a movie? I, I can't name the movie. I, I can. Know got, I know you know, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh. Yes, so guess did. who was a remake? Yeah. Didn't know that. You're talking about the one with Bernie Mac, right? Yeah. And Kyle Corver. I mean, Ashton uh, Yeah, I was like, like Kyle Corver. He look, they look alike. Well. Like, yeah. You oh, seen it? Yeah, that's a remake. I saw the original. Yeah. It was good for the time? Or for the was, time. Uh, for the time. Respect. Respect. I probably have seen a Sydney Portier some movie sometime in my life with my grandmother and I probably just never just realized it. I'm yeah. sure I have. Many old movies and westerns. My grandmother watched. Yeah, nah, I'll jump aside. You're probably right. I just, I would have to see it. Yeah, yeah but rest in peace. Y'all yeah, rest easy. It's heartbreaking, man. That for real is yeah. heartbreaking. How old was he? I don't know. He was a 99. Like, oh, he was in his 90s. Was he in his 90s? Yeah. He gotta be. Him and Betty White. Yeah, because him and Betty White was about the same. We're talking about our grandparents. Yeah, used to be in love with them. Yeah, that's. Gotta be up there in age. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. But Mike, let's jump into these topics. So we're gonna jump into the big topic of the day. Mental heartbreak. It was a quick little flash on the screen. Somebody throw a banner up there for them to see the mental heartbreak part. But the reason we want to talk about mental, let's let's get into the backstory of what mental heartbreak even means and what that title means. We want to discuss like men dealing with heartbreak. And and it's on so many different levels, I feel like, which is going to make this a great and impactful conversation is, you, you know, we, we talk in love from all type of angles, not just romantic love, but also uh, family, um, friend, um, whatever that, that may look like in your life, just dealing with some form of heartbreak. So, um, bro, you're, you feel like... Yeah, you feel like how old were you feel like when you had your first like heartbreak? My first heartbreak was at like five or six when Barney 
God, like he went missing. Y'all remember the episode? Yeah. Like was parents gone. was calling in. <laughs> like kids was going crazy. Like they couldn't find Barney. Bro, I refused to go to daycare. I was like, I gotta <laughs> find Barney. Like on God. But uh, <laughs> that's a true story. But to get past that, uh, my true our first heartbreak, I want to say was, hmm. Oh, I know exactly when it was. I can't say the person's name. She broke my heart, dog. So, Tim Gray. Okay. That was it. Tim Gray. Tim Gray. Mm. What about you, Mike? My first heartbreak. This is an interesting question. And I'm going to tell you why it's an inter- <laughs> interesting right. question. Let me give you a backstory on this. I mean, this is, this is a good topic. This is a deep topic. Because... I don't think when we think about heartbreak, we dig deep enough. What you mean? Especially with men. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to use my own stories. So if you asked me that question, I don't know, a couple years ago, I'd have told you my when me and my high school sweetheart broke up. Okay. Uh-huh. My senior year of high school. She graduated a year before me. And yes, that broke my heart. But my, I think it was freshman year, going into my sophomore year, my grandmother surprisingly passed away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was an emotion or a pain that was truly ever dealt with, or if I had a chance to um, hurt. What do you mean hurt? Like heal yeah. from it? You talking about heal from it or like accept it? Uh, healing from it is one thing. You're young. It's, it's tough, I feel like, just to heal from it. But, like, when I say hurt, I mean more so, like, you know, cry out and lean on somebody about it. I feel like I felt like I needed to be strong. So because, you're having an avenue or a safe place to talk about what was going on or really process the fact that you lost somebody or you had true heartbreak. Is that what you're saying? Correct. I don't have, so, a, I don't have a sibling my age. Or really oh. close. Our oh. close siblings like eight years. Gotcha. Um, so can we clarify? So you just mean heartbreak in general, not relationship based, just any type of Yeah, heartbreak. And how heartbreaks affect 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 men. Like gotcha. you know, we want to talk about how heartbreak and it can be romantic. That's why I say it, it comes from so so many different scales because for somebody it's gonna be romantic as well. And like I said, even if you asked me a few years ago, I would have went straight to romantic too. Yeah. Not even a few years ago. If you'd asked me last year, I'd have went straight to romantic. But you have had time to process and heal and think yeah. about it. Well, last year was 20. I'm sorry, it's January this year. Yeah, so last year, when I say last year, 2020, you'd have asked me in 2020. Um, I would have, and I've been, I've went back to the same situation for years now since it happened. Like, I've always said that was my first heartbreak. So you feel like, as a man, y'all don't really have avenues to vent when it comes to such things as heartbreaks Uh like when your heart is broken in any avenue that it comes in whether it's you didn't get a promotion at work and that was really heartbreaking because you worked so hard from it and you climbed the ladder to get where you need to get to or someone passes away you don't feel like you have that to vent you don't have that safe space um i I feel like we didn't receive uh, i'm not even gonna say we i'm gonna say that in my situation, I don't think I ever had a safe place to have those conversations. I was raised by my mom who, you know, where we initially grew up, 
she had to be hard. You know what I'm saying? She played my father figure, so she was super hard. So my the mother figure that I did have, my Aunt Jackie, um, I'm super attached to. God rest her soul. You know, that, that's my my person, right? So when I truly had, even in the situation of those that know me, you know the the biggest heartbreak that I've ever had in my life is when my cousin, who you know I call my brother Killer Cameron, passed. Right? I don't want to say Killer like he was in the streets. He was a really great individual, graduated with his degree, um, was headed to play in the NBA, um, and had some some hiccups and passed away playing. You know the game that he loved. You know I never, I because I had to be strong for those around us. Um, even talking to my mom, my mom was just like, you know, you didn't see death before. You know, she kind of didn't understand. Uh, so I really just didn't have a place to heal and grow through that situation. So I feel like it, on top of the, the stuff that I went through earlier in my life, like now I'm socially awkward because this is something so heavy that I really can't hide like I've done everything else. So. Yeah, I don't think I ever had the safe place to really go through and break down the stuff, which might be the reason why I haven't dealt with it. But I, I can't speak for Mike, but I, from my appearance, like most men typically have that. They tell us to tighten up at an early age. Um, anything over two or three seconds of talking about it or multiple days, then we nagging, bitching, complaining, like we being weenies, we pussy, we acting like girls, as they say, like all of these negative connotations about it. But so we never fully process uh and typically when we do have those conversations about heartbreak it's with a woman we don't talk about it with our with our friends like i should be able to go to mike and say hey mike you know i'm toe up about this situation and each day you know he gives me positive direction opposed to making me feel i'm not saying mike has done this but making me feel away based off of the emotions that i have so i don't know mike what you think about it i uh I fully agree, even to the extent of, again, not feeling like, not even just feeling like you're not able to cry and express yourself. So in my situation, I guess the easiest way is to compare it to that. Like, even young, I wasn't clueless. You got to think I'm not that young. I'm going to my 10th grade year. I'm 15 years old. I'm old enough to understand something happened. You know, I'm not a child. So even for me, I think that's why I never felt like I can truly hurt is because I look at it as like, it's my mother's mother. Right. Like I looked at it as like, I need to be there for her more so than I needed to figure out why I feel sad. Like, Oh, you get to power up, you need to muscle up. And then I, I don't at the time, um, you know, we, you know, I got a father, and I, I don't remember if around this time was when my father ended up in um, prison or not. Prison or not, but I'm sure it wasn't too far after. I remember him being out when, yeah, when the funeral happened. But I think not too long after he ended up going to prison. Um, but anyways, it's like it's a loss. You just always, as a male, I guess, feel like you need to be in control. And that doesn't even just mean a power thing. And maybe it's a crazy, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. I mean, I would agree, bro. It's, you never feel like you have someone to truly lean on. You never feel like you could truly just release. Cause like Rose said, like, even with having friends, like 
you even in that situation want to look strong. You right. You know, that's just how you're taught. You're not taught to vent as a male. At least not in I ain't gonna say as a male in, in general. Let's just say well, me coming up and it sounds like Ro based on what he was saying. And you're never taught to really express your feelings. You're really taught a lot of times to suck that shit up. That's literally what it is. It's like, don't be emotional where you got to be hard as a rock. So how do you find your safe place though? How do you, how do you find that? Like Ro said, you know, his aunt Jackie was the person that he can vent to. How do you find that person? How do you find that safe place as a man? I think it becomes another issue because you, you it has to go somewhere, right? So, mm -hmm. You you in sports and for me it wasn't like I was fully busy because I didn't play all sports. It was truly just a focus on basketball. So it wasn't like every season I was occupied by sports to hurt. You know, I wasn't playing football. If I'm hurting her and I can go hit something. You know, I wasn't uh basketball season, it was a wrap for me after that until next basketball season or something like that. So you end up falling in situations where I think men fall into this, and this is where men end up getting hurt is you end up leaning on the person you're dating. That's so fact. Mm -hmm. And sometimes who you're dating may not, it may not even be at the level or like we talk about today as adults, um, it's not their responsibility. And then you're, especially if you're young, like you don't understand that. You just understand you need somebody. You don't know how to express you need somebody. Right. I think as you get older, you kind of somewhat start, you know, if you're healing and if you're understanding, then you at some point you start leaning. Like I can lean a row now. Like I can go have conversation with him now, but I understand things differently. Even a few years ago, I can have certain conversations with a certain friends. I'm a lot better today when it did I was even a couple years ago. But if we're just talking about then, which we are, you you lean on things that really aren't you're probably not even supposed to be leaning on. Like uh we're in high school. It's a high school relationship. Right, right. I don't need, it's not her responsibility. We young teenagers. That's not even probably what she's thinking to have to support. But because, you know, it's my high school sweetheart. We're each other's first and shit like that. I'm sure she's stuck by me and understands something serious happened. But at the same time, you know, you do that and you never truly understand why you were doing that. And you go through your life feeling like there's a dependency on your, that, because that's how you know. That's all you know. Like for me, all I knew was my girlfriend, right? Right. In that situation. That's all I knew is my girlfriend. I'm leading on her. So I end up experiencing, that's why I say that's probably the second heartbreak you experienced in a breakup with her was a hurt even deeper. Okay. So let, let's let's break this down, Mike. So let me ask you this first before, and we'll see which direction to take this. Um, what was your first heartbreak? Was it intimate or was it due to a loss? Or was it, you know, maybe trauma? That you might have gone through with with your dad's situation. Which one was that first? And we'll 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 start there. I think it um <laughs> that's a great question, bro. Even when you throw dad in there. That's a that's a great question. Cause that that being my grandmother passing was my first time dad being gone and locked up either. Gotcha. So you know you have he was dealing with a lot. Yeah, you have a dad that was a hustler and shit like that. When he's out, it's good. It's great, you know. Um, but, you know, you're not. When you got parents, like for me, I don't know how other people would 
what their experience is and how they would feel about the situation. But I think those who have dealt with that with parents in the streets, um, you tend, your relationships, especially to whoever's in the street, tends to usually be materialistic, right? Right. Um, so for the, me and my dad's relationship was always like shopping. Or basketball. Actually, our first relationship was basketball. He taught me the game of basketball. He taught me how to shoot. He put a basketball in my hand. My dad was really good right. at basketball. It's known around the neighborhood. Should have been a D1 athlete. Should have. People say this day probably would have went pro, and he ain't number about 5'9". Um, but was I used to watch first really. Watch him out, but go ahead. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he part of the short community, but he was really good. I used to watch him growing up, play in the streets. like, And I used to see him on. was really good, even at this size was good but you know dropped out of high school so it's the wrong wrong mindset we didn't have nobody really pushing him but i guess the first heartbreak i guess i don't know if that'd be a heartbreak i don't know even know if i understood it at the time when my pops was going to jail so i would truly let's go and say my first heartbreak even thinking about it probably would be grandmother because it was so unexpected i think i got used to my dad getting locked up okay it didn't make it feel better but i got used to it right Okay, and first off, let's talk about that really quick. Like, we're sorry that you had that experience and how you look at it. And I think that's a conversation for a later date that I would like for us to dive into to that aspect about, like, relationship, male relationship, male-on-male relationship, excuse me, and not in an intimate way as in sexual, but, um, you know, having that those type of relationships to shape you into being a better man. But so you – your your first heartbreak was loss, correct? Mm-hmm. Due to your grandma mm-hmm. passing, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just take that. You were how old? Fifteen. Fifteen, which is rough, right? So I'll use my first heartbreak, right? I'll leave this person nameless. You know, I don't know how their family feel about it or whatever, but people that know me know the situation, and I'm gonna tie it into what you're talking about, right? So. My mom being an older person means that her equivalent to her parents' age gonna have a lot of people that die. So her aunts, which are great aunts to me, die, right? I saw a lot of funerals early, especially where we came from. We saw a lot of stuff early, right? Fast forward, smaller places, if you're well-spoken, at a young age, they always make you give speeches, do X, Y, Z. So now I'm speaking at funerals. So my outlook on death is different, and I don't know how to process Mm it. It's becoming normal, right? Then when somebody my age passes, now it's real. Old people are supposed to die, right? Just nobody in my mother's age group. Anybody over her age group, that's normal. It gets realistic when it's around my age. Or things like that. Now, your grandma had a different dynamic, and I think you and your grandma are closer in age than I think mine and my grandparents and myself. Am I correct? Now, when it comes to those situations, you can't really deal with your peers because typically your peers at 15 haven't really lost anybody like that, one. Two, they don't know how to process if they're a male, typically, unless they come from, unfortunately, a white background where therapy and stuff like that was enforced in into their lives so all of that to say even if your first heartbreak was with a woman who are you to speak to 
in our era. It's not, there's nobody there other than a woman. A man, what are they going to tell you? If if you are able to speak about it, you create these niggas that when they get their heart hurt, they go out and just fuck everything in the street because that's how we're told to get over heartbreak. We're told to go out and, and do something constructive to get over it, but then what happens when that one thing that your coping mechanism is taken away from you? Like mine was hooping, right? I can't hoop, I'm going crazy because that's all I know how to get over it, like to get out my frustration in that form or fashion, right? But I'm really not healing. I'm just putting it on the back burner, getting comfortable with it in the back burner. And the Band-Aid on it. Yeah, exactly. And I need stitches, right? Mm -hmm. So I think our generation might be the last of that. I could be wrong. I hope so. Yeah, but I think this next generation would, we say they sensitive and I'm I'm guilty. I'm quick to say that this new generation, they sensitive as hell, but I think they are more in tune with their emotions to that point. It's just, yeah. there's no off knob. Like it's just always on and they react. They don't handle their emotions. Well, let me say that. Yeah. I think they're more in tune with their emotions, but like you said, don't handle it as well. Like they don't have that navigation because our generation is supposed to help them navigate that. But how can, y'all generation well our generation helped them navigate it if we're still struggling with it right right and it's, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come a day where all of that changes but it's where black men that have some status to where other black men look up to them where things will change you got to make it cool like i say all the time right. my goal is to make shivery cool that's my thing like it don't make you supposed to simp out to your girl. You're supposed to do certain things like let's make that cool again. Where black men are disrespecting black women, you know what I'm saying, to pick up the next black woman. I it's gonna get to that point where mental health is cool. Right now it's the people that technically are out of tune or outcast that we that talk about mental health, like the Joe Buttons of the world. You know, typically as a whole, people don't like Joe Button. You know, he might be my spirit animal. You know what I'm saying? Like I agree his delivery ass piss poor. But anyway, I digress. Charlemagne, same thing, but now he's older. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's in our lane that's an advocate that's cool? Not mm -hmm. Kanye West. Hell no. But somebody cool that look like us, carry themselves like us, or a street nigga. You know what I'm saying? A fly the fly nigga. Like who in our in our age bracket champions mental health and therapy? That's when a hard say, one. Well, when you say cool, are you just referring like uh, A-list celebrities type deal? A and B-list celebrities? Or are we talking like just... Because uh, you can't say popularity because there's influencers out there with a huge following now. So I'm looking from an influencer standpoint, you could, I, you know, I could probably mention some name, but if we just talking from a... Uh, a, commonly known, a commonly known person, though. Right. Like somebody that you say they name, it pops. Like you say Kanye West... Majority of people gonna know who that is. J. Cole. He okay. He's he's a niche. He has a niche follower. You know what I'm saying? That's you what think, I'm saying. Like you think got a niche follower, J. Cole? Yeah, he's. I, I just started listening to J. Cole. He a I, J. Cole. Got a, I don't know if it's a niche though. J. Cole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody does it. He's not everybody. He's not for everybody. So who you know, like okay like okay. like Drake? Everybody listens to Drake. If if Drake made that cool, like mental health cool, 
everybody would go do it. You know me, I was the biggest Drake hater in the world, and now I'm like I'm a Drake fan because I understand what he's doing. But at the end of the day, like he could make it cool, like a hood. I'm trying to think of a hood nigga, like a hood rapper, a little baby. If he came out and started talking about mental health, that demographic would start taking care of their mental health. You, you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. about counseling and being being cool. Like it's not gonna look as what we call it. Like that's some weirdo shit going to talk to somebody about your feelings, tighten up, woo, woo, woo. Like we too hard in that aspect. Like if we get sick, we go to the doctor. You get what I'm saying? We weenies when we get sick. We sick. We we curled up trying to get the quickest remedy as possible. But when it comes to things like that, our mental health, I'm pointing, I'm sorry for the people listening to us, audio, no video. But when we when it comes to the things like mental health, we don't we don't we're not we don't have that sense of urgency to go get that taken care of. It's like, all right, we're just gonna get over it. And it's a lot of sick, clinically mm. insane people walking around the world. They don't know. And I think- that's what I'm saying. I don't know. The, I I think that that uh, cycle continues though. I don't I don't know how that cycle changes because you always got a generation learning from another generation. And if we went through it, even by the time we start noticing it, fortunately I'm in a fortunate enough situation where I don't have children, right? But by the time you start noticing, a lot of people you've already had children, and yeah, and you've taken them through some of those things that. Yeah they're going to end up having to deal with and you still ain't put them in therapy in our culture. Cause again, like yeah. you said, like yeah, therapy white folks and stuff, they still, yeah. We yeah, used to look at white folks like they was crazy. Like, Oh, go ahead. Right, there, no therapy is key for children, especially cause like you said, it's the pattern. So you have that pattern of you not fully understanding your mental health and then you're passing it on to your children, whatever your trauma is that you're going through, you passing that trauma on to them. But a good thing that I've noticed that a lot of people have been saying is our generation curse stops with us. I've noticed that a lot right, in our generation, right. that a lot of people, a lot more people are saying that than in our parents' generation. Our parents' generation, sure. they just kept coming with the generational curse. With our generation, we're like, nah, the generational curse stops now. Our children is going to therapy. We're going to figure out what's going on. They're going to be, you know, you may say they're sensitive, but they're going to be in touch with their emotions because we didn't get to be in touch with our emotions. Right. And I think that's a lot of that is coming from it. So it's not necessarily that it's not mainstream yet, but I feel like maybe our kids generation and then their kids may have a better chance at it than, you know, we did with our kids. And it's right. nothing bad. It's just us learning um, as we grow up, just like our kids are growing up. So it's just learning through it. Right. So, so sure. I know you come from like a, I know your dad loves the hell out you and does whatever he can for you. Um, he comes from like a hard background, correct? He was military, he am I correct? He was military, grew up in the projects, yeah. Right. So what do you think you can do? And I hate to put you on the spot. You can say, hey, what's mind your business? But you have boys, three boys. So mm-hmm. what do you think you're doing differently um, than what your parents have done? No knock on your parents to where your, your kids can have a safe place to talk about those type of things. So the first thing is therapy. Like we were in therapy when my parents divorced. We went to therapy for just a little bit, but it wasn't. Yeah, we went as kids for just a little bit, but it wasn't like the full spread. So for me, I keep my kids in therapy because they're forever growing. Like I have a teen, I'm about to have a teenager. So, you know, he needs, there's things that I just can't teach him. I can't. It's, I know there's women out there that, yes, you can't. No, there are things that as a woman, you just can't teach a teenage, Mm. especially a teenage black boy. Right. So. 
Um, I definitely, you know, keep him in therapy for that reason. Black male therapist to me, you know, I want someone that fits and looks like what he looks like and right, go through right. what he looks like. That was important for me. And I stopped because um, my dad, he's still hardcore. He's like, no, nah, suck that up. Like, be a man about it. He still, you know, says things like that. And I stop it right then and there. I'm like, no, nah, don't talk to my kids like that. We're not going to do that. This is how you're going to address them. This is how you're going to talk to them. So I shut it down. Right. And, you know, I re first off, I appreciate you for sharing and I respect that. And that's something on the back end that I kind of go through that's a... Uh, uh, I feel like a toxic trait, but it's beneficial because I'm not raising boys. I got two girls. Um, but y'all see how I talk to Charlotte. That's my junior, you know, and she's a very emotional, sensitive person. Um, her mom is kind of the same way. So when it comes to me, I kind of try to even kill her, not change who she is, but, like, we don't got to do that about everything. You know, like, when it comes to us, like, if your feelings are really hurt or you fall and hurt yourself, you cry not just because you didn't get your way type thing, you know, but it's also hard to find the balance. Cause I don't know if I'm doing right. She could get 10 years down the line and be like, man, my daddy scarred me for life, you know, or um, my mom scarred me for life because she just let me run rapid with that. Or my dad cut off emotion. So I really don't know how to love him, man. You know, and that would be heartbreaking, right. but that's, she goes to counseling, which I would knock at first. I'll be the first person to say, like, man, that's that white people shit. Like, she's going to counseling, and she's so smart. I feel like she was taking advantage of it. But there's a place that she can go that's not her parents, that, that's not an authority figure in her life, everyday life, that she can say whatever, and it stays there. And I think a lot of kids need that. Even if nothing goes wrong, they should be able to have somebody in their life to where they can say what they want to, and there aren't any consequences for the things that they say unless they're trying to hurt them themselves or someone else, you know? Right. I, agree with that. I feel it's crazy. You just said something. Michelle said something that stuck out with me and it made me rethink my, <laughs> the question you asked me, but also mm -hmm. before I forget, it goes back. That's why I also think, man, does it ever truly heal? I think, I think breakups with parents are a bigger deal on kids than people actually try to make a reality oh, for. Yeah. And I don't think we give enough attention to that. And I'm going to give you an example because, Cheryl, when you was talking, something hit me. You was like, when your parents divorced, y'all all went to therapy. Yeah. When my parents divorced, it wasn't even a conversation. It it, it was a beef, obviously, mm -hmm. between my mom and dad. And they're still, mom didn't, obviously, mom being mad isn't, not saying she shouldn't have, but isn't. Cause she ain't healed, right? She right. she dealing with her issue with this isn't coming to have this conversation about this breakup. And ain't just a breakup. It's my parents got married. And you gotta think like for me as a kid, that's why I was like, it makes me rethink that first heartbreak, right? Because like for me as a kid, that was a happy moment for me. Right. And to see parents get married. My dad, I was my dad made me the best man. I might have been eight or nine or something like that. He made me the best man. That was a like a big deal. Like that was like TV shit to me. Okay. I was like, you see the TV families on the the Cosby's and the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Airs, you know. Because as a kid, I'm not looking at Will Smith as adopted or right, was right, brought right. in by his aunt to get taken care of. I'm I'm just seeing the whole aspect of it, which reminds me of my grandmother and 
grandmother's house that I got grandma and grandfather. And to me, that always looked great. That's what I saw. I got a chance to be able to experience the family element. Grandma and grandpa are together on both sides. Right. Grandma and grandpa are married. Right. Right. And a lot of people's grandma and grandpa, a lot of us in our generation, I say. We didn't see that. We, we, you know, we, we, uh, y'all didn't see grandma and grandpa married? I've never no. met any of my grandfathers. My, I you died ain't. before. Yeah, even my. Were they step. married before they died? Yeah, they were know? married, but okay. I, no. I just wasn't around. I wasn't born. Neither so, one were married for me. Like my grandma on my mother's side had twelve kids, and she was not married. And I feel like that was a in for what well, I don't know how old your grandparents were, because like Rose and his grandparents might have been older than my grandparents. My mother was only eighteen when she had me. 17 no, may not even been 18 yet i think she had just turned 18. no i don't even know if she had turned 18 yet she might have been 17 still mm-hmm. um and my grandparents aren't much of my i think my grandpa's grandparents were married young so i don't think they were much older mm-hmm. than them they might have been you talking grandparents that might have been in their 40s so and i gotta look back on that but i would believe so i feel like that's what it would have been the case um but anyway, I feel like a lot of people might experience that. I think that was one of the last eras where marriage was still a big, a big thing. Like right. for that era, like marriage was still. You saw a lot of marriage as far as grandparents. You saw some that weren't obviously, but to me, I saw a lot of grandparents that you know are older folks that had their wife and husband in the house. Right, right. Unless one of them died or something, right? I saw a lot of that, and I'm you know from Detroit, you know. I wasn't raised in the projects or anything, but I still, it's still shit happening, still considered the hood, ain't the suburbs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to see my parents anyways get married, to me it was giving me what I was already seeing the example of and what I felt like a family should look like. Cause I mean, my mother lived with my grandmother and grandparents. Okay. Gotcha. So like to see them get married, it was like a big deal to me. It's like, and it's your your real father and your real mother, right? It's your real father, your dad, the person you love, the, the person you look up to, and your mother. Like it was a big deal. And I think all kids, at some point, it crossed their mind where they want that, whether they met their father or not. I think it still might, and I may be wrong, but I feel like something might still cross like, damn, if I had ever been my dad, or it might be an angry thing. I don't know, it depends on how it was handled possibly. But right. anyways, once they spent eight and they got divorced a year later, like was I don't even know if they, it made it a year. So boom, quick, done, saw the arguments in the house, saw different shit. And I and I think that affected me uh very heavy. And no one ever has those conversations um a lot of times with kids when those things happen because it I think we talked about this before, breakups become a war, right? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. you start running a situation, especially in black culture, you start running that situation where dad can't even pick you up at the crib. Hey, you got to meet him at the corner. Hey, Michael, your dad, your dad here, walk down to the corner because he can't come to this house. See, and I, I think that goes back to the generational curses. You feel me? For the simple fact of my generational curse and no knock on my mama, but they weren't. My mom was like a. Her and her, the person she was dating, they was in the same household. Like my stepdad lived with us for a long time before my mom and uh, him got married. You know, I was a teenager by the time they got married, and I, it's the reason why if we dating, I'm like, hey, just come stay with me, like move in with me. I got this shit, like let's go from here, type of thing. And when it don't work, it's like an awkward situation. 
you know, because now I got this person that's been dependent on me. We're not married and I'm giving, trying to give you a window to get on your feet, to go your separate way. You get what I'm saying? So might, might be a generational curse in that aspect, but what do you think might, what is one thing? So what are, what is one thing that you think you're doing differently now to create that safe space that you're looking for, or that we, that you didn't have at an earlier age? What is, what is that that you're doing? What are you, what steps are you taking to make sure that your mental health is intact and that you create that safe place to get off whatever that is on your mind and your heart? I think, I don't even think this was so hard about this type of situation. Uh Y'all is that if the safe space wasn't already there, I think a lot of people run into the issue where you don't even know it's an issue. And that's why I go back to when I say like, if you'd ask me a certain question a couple of years ago, my answer would be different than it is today, having an understanding that, you know, why do you get, you know, why do you get angry in these situations? You start doing your own self-discovery mm-hmm. and really trying to figure out your triggers, why you have these triggers and looking back, like if you're a person that's really paying attention to and at a point, like, I think that's part of the reason, like I go back to you when I say I quit my job, like out the blue in July, 2020, it was, it was a meltdown type scenario. I think of just trying to for so long store pain, store pain, store pain. And then what happens, I think a lot of times with men is men can store all this pain and it takes one other thing to happen. that just takes it over the boiling point. That's why you get men that go crazy, kill themselves, um, go through divorces. It's because you go into this, possibly this cocoon and you just shut down because you have literally hit your boiling point of where you just can't take anymore. And no one is truly, let's just be honest, you know, shell. And I'm not trying to, and this is, this isn't a down of ladies. No one's truly a lot of times giving a fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry for that. No one's giving a shit. Your wife ain't truly caring. I don't know if it's cause she don't want to, or she just don't know how as well. Right. Um, and sometimes that comes back to not even sometimes not even a talk, sometimes just space. And if it is a talk, that's not, you know, we gotta understand that it's a it, it's getting that person in the comfort zone. Sometimes it comes to when you're in a relationship where you a lot of times women think it's about them when they did something wrong and they don't know how to get out of that, get out of that mode of Flighting. you're not the issue. Right. And I'm trying to tell you that you're not believing that. And then it becomes a bigger issue as opposed to just truly what's wrong with you in a, and, and by, and you can ask that question so many ways. Cause maybe I don't want to have that conversation, but you know, I think as my spouse at some point, and again, it's not your responsibility, but when we married, I think it becomes different. Though. Still like, I don't, I don't think in a relationship is still your responsibility though. You don't feel like in a relationship that it should be the other person's responsibility just to make sure that you're all right? Nah, but how do they make sure that you're all right? You get what I'm saying? They don't. But that's a conversation of going deeper. That's a deeper conversation. You don't think so? Yeah, if you can't can't figure it out and go deeper, if that person's not trained in that area or that aspect, how can they go deeper? We have conversations, I think, a lot of people, your friend group, as well as, like, I appreciate Mike using me as an example, but... 
I, I minored in psychiatry. Like I really went to school and that was something that I thought about, you know, so there are certain questions and certain work that I've done with myself to where I can give that type of information. Right. But in return or advice, but in return, I don't typically have that place because there's not a male in that area that I would trust, you know, to give me the information back because they've done the research or they took the spiritual journey that I took to give. Typically my spiritual advisor, not even typically my spiritual advisor is a woman, you know? So I'm trying to, I don't, I don't think that we have that, but we can't put that on our spouse. We can't put that, um, we can't put that on our spouse because that might not be their expertise or our partner, excuse me, I'm saying spouse, you're not married because that might not be their expertise. They might do a 99 things right. And then that one area might be their downfall because they're not capable of doing it or they're not as far along in your process. So I, I give, mm. I, we talked about this offline, you know, I'll share it again. Cause you know, that podcast might not ever come out, but to the point of, um, the accident thing, you know, like I told y'all, uh, I was driving and seen a dude decapitated. Everybody that I told was like, oh, nigga, you just seen everybody die before. Like, they didn't say it, but they were like, oh, you've been here before. Like, you seen people killed, stabbed, murdered, shot, all of that. Like, why? You can't shake this. And I was toe up about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was wanting to have that conversation, but I wasn't getting in return, you know, like what I felt I should get back. Mm-hmm. And that's based off of the perception or who I've shown people to be. And I think that's hard for those around you, you know, to break what they know you to be. If I'm the rock, now the rock is coming to you talking about a problem. You just gonna tell them, all right, you got to get over it, you know, instead of referring him or sending that individual to counseling. And I think that should be it. Hey, I don't have the answers. I'll go with you to counseling, you know, mm. what, whatever that relationship is. If, if Mike says he has an issue and he's worried about it, we kind of had that conversation, you know, like, bro, I'll go with you because I don't know what to tell you in that avenue. I haven't been there, you know, and I didn't do it right. So I don't I'm not the end out be on or if it's my significant other like, hey, shit, I don't know. You trying to go to counseling? Like, let's go. You know, like, that's what we need. You don't have to have the answers, meaning you're my counselor, but you should be able to point me in that direction. You get what I'm saying? Right. No, I understand that. That was good. Yeah, you're not gonna give me my feelings crying out here today. That's what we're not gonna do. That's not gonna happen. That's, you know, that was that's a good one. That's unreal. Yeah, that mental yeah. heartbreak. Now, that's, well, now that we didn't got into Cheryl, was you about to say something? No, I was just you good. Well, I was gonna say now that we got into that situation of the heartbreak itself, let's mm-hmm. dive into how that heartbreak which I think we kind of got into, but we ain't truly get into on how that heartbreak maneuvers into our relationships and how that affects us there and where it may cause some issues for us. All right, it's a, it's a big issue. It, and I'm talking about all relationships. I'm not even gonna go directly intimate. My, based off of, like my, my life, certain months of my life will never be the same. It's a, I do the research. We can pause real quick, guys. Y'all hear echo? Yeah. Y'all do? No, I it was it. like a. Yeah, I don't hear it now. I heard something beeping. Yeah, I heard it too. Oh, that yeah. might have been my little alarm thing because it did beep. I heard a chirp. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's what that was. Uh, but no, no, no. Like, to get back to it, uh, 
y'all know from so the two people that y'all know I love the most in the world other than my kids is Cameron and my and Jackie. My mm-hmm. and Jackie's birthday is in October. You know, my birthday is the beginning of October. She died in the beginning of September. Cameron died two days before my birthday. You know what I'm saying? So right. his birthday is in November. From September to November, I'm a I'm a wreck. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to be bothered. I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to go through my motions and get through it. You know, that's not fair to the people around me, you know, because I haven't done what I'm supposed to do, you know, right. to get that's the counseling helpful. and deal with what I'm supposed to deal with. And, and I champion counseling and all that stuff all the time, but easier said than done in my situation. Um, but it, it truly affects our relationship. Even Mike, I know you kind of mentioned it before, but like, I'm not the same person, you know, like my temperament is short. Uh, my engagement is short. I crawl under a rock, like, and don't nobody want to be around that as well as be helpless in it. Because I think a lot of times as men, we don't realize the stress that we actually put on individuals when they know that we're going through something and we're not capable of verbalizing as well as seeking out the help. You know, so like I said, you know, if you, for the most part, if you're always so focused, I'm going to a phrase that's put out there. So, and Shay, I know you don't truly feel this way, but I was gonna make an example out of this phrase. When you when you go out there and you see things being said where people have an issue, and and I agree with the whole 50 50 thing in the right. household, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree, I don't want no woman of mine paying 50 50. But I do want a woman that if we ever for some reason get into a struggle, don't mind step in and try to figure out how we can make this thing happen. But if you're out here trying to cater to a lifestyle, lead, protect, handle, household, which most men of, I think of our caliber on this call, I'm not going to say all men in general, but the men on this call know for sure are men like that, that want to be able to protect, lead, and provide their family, uh, I'll call it a lavish lifestyle, like a no, and I should say a no worry lifestyle. If you're so, if you're focused all day on that and that becomes your mentality and you know, that's what you feel like your idea of a family is, or that's what you feel like you're expected to do. Mm-hmm. When do you have time to focus on yourself? Mm. Especially when you do all that and, and you come home and sometimes that home can't even be peace. You know, that's sure. another issue sure. in itself, too. Yeah, yeah home can't be peace. And I don't care if it if, if it just happened every now and then. To me, if you know I'm coming this hard and this is what I'm trying to do for us and do for you, I ain't saying you got to cook and clean. I think most people go right to, oh, you were a woman that, he was mad at a woman that cook and clean. No, I don't think it always goes to that. Sometimes I'm mad because you had, you're not just making me feel secure emotionally when I come home. Like, I don't need you to physically, you know, even always about sex or things like that. It's just like sometimes it's about emotional exhaustion as well. And like, I'm already fighting a war. I don't want that war to be home as well. The right, last thing right. I want is, is the war to be home. Go ahead. Right, which is a good point. But let's, because that, that, that goes down a different path and down a different road. So let's not right. hit that way. That's a good topic. That, that's another, yeah, I say that's another good topic that we can park a lot. But back to how does that tie in what you're saying, Mike? How does that tie in to the heartbreak that you dealt with and, and your significant other. Because at the end of the day, like, ain't nobody mind readers. And I know as a man, we're dealing with uh, a significant other. Like, we get freaking frustrated when we trying to guess what's going on with you. Um, and I think we forget our own traumas that 
you know, we are the exact same person. We're becoming the things that we hate because we got shit going on with us and we don't know how to communicate that. We're not even willing to communicate it for whatever reason that may be. So how, how do we break that cycle in that form or fashion, even we're dealing with our partners? Like what do, what do you, we truly expect our partner to do in that time? Right. I was just about to ask that question. Like how as women or just as partners, um, we can help you. Like, how do you want to be helped? I would say creating a safe space. But what does your safe space look space like? Yeah. Well, creating a safe space is, is making someone that may have already been so down. It's not your responsibility, obviously, but understanding that the likelihood that you're probably going to end up dating someone like this. You know, <laughs> let's just be honest. You're probably going to run into a person that always has already went through some traumas and is probably fucked up. Especially in our community and around our age group, is lit, at least, is already fucked up. Creating that safe space, a safe space they probably never really honestly had. Like, you listening to us talk right now. Like, we truly, you know, I could tell in certain conversations that still probably feel like we don't truly fully still just feel like we have a safe place, even though we're better at it. I think there's still a area that we're missing i think it comes to heartbreak i think heartbreak heartbreak oh this is what i was getting to i think heartbreak also opening up uh not opened up also closed the vulnerability door hmm because your heart was broken so hard that it closed that door for you yeah and it's like jam closed you know when something something falls behind a door you can't even open it like there's something like you want to you know get in that door Mm-hmm. Right, you want to sometimes open it up for somebody, but it's like somebody on the other end. Let's say you're trying to get in the door, and your big brother on the other end pushing the door back closed, like he on the other mm-hmm. end holding that thing closed, like it's coming open, but it's it's just getting but pushed back and getting pushed time. back. Like heartbreak, well, for me, let's just say created, I think, vulnerability issues because what happened for me is, and hopefully I'm answering your question. If I'm if I'm getting off track, please stop me before I start getting off track and just bring me back, okay? Yeah. Um, for me, you know, dealing with what I dealt with, let's say after grandmother and having that, um, breakup with my ex, I just felt like in a way that breakup happened, like it ain't heartbreak just because we decided to part ways. It was heartbreak the way it happened and the, the drama in it, the, the, the beef in it, like it disrespect, disrespectfully ended and it ended in a way where it felt like. The person didn't even care about, you know, my feelings. And it's like, if I, if someone like this, that let's say high school, we are last four years, I'm young, last four years of my life. And a person that experienced me through some of my lowest points and knows all this shit about me can get to the point where I've given you all of me and I've been the most vulnerable with, or probably my first experience of really being that vulnerable with a person. Mm-hmm. And that shit goes away. Um, sometimes that I think what happens is it re-triggers you. Mm-hmm. And it's wow. like, where do you truly heal? And I guess that's what therapy is for, but it's like, damn, dude, I, I know people in therapy that's still fucked up. I know it helps. Yeah. But how yeah. do you fully, I don't know, what's heal mean? Well, look, Let's go there. We'll you go never there. fully healed though. Yeah, you don't. You, so let me you, let me attack two things, Mike. I'm sorry, Shell. Was you saying? No, you're good. I was just saying you never fully healed. Your healing journey to me is an unlimited journey because 
you have your past trauma, you have your current trauma, and then, you know, your present trauma. So you never really fully healed. You're just dealing with your different traumas. Correct. So, Mike, I want to touch on two things that you said, because, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not picking up you, but, you know, I like I like to debate on certain stuff. So you're, you're a strong believer. You say it all the time that you want a woman to come healed, right? Mm-hmm. So where's the accountability as a man when we say that we want women to create a safe place for us? Um, and in your definition and the explanation as you gave, how does that correlate what you want and what you what you give out to women? Like, where do you mm-hmm. find that balance? Like, how can you say you want to you want to you want a woman to come heal, but you want her to create a safe place for you to deal with the stuff that you haven't dealt with already? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a that, that's that, and that's a great question. And there's a fine line there. That's one of them fine line questions and answers because it's like I'm not seeing me on the other side, right? I can only see me once I'm told about myself, right? Or I had a conversation with my friends and things like that. So, I mean, that's a great question coming at because I'm sure, you know, you go into things, that's another thing. you go into things, have an expectation of what you want from the other end, but you may not already, you may not understand what also where it is you're fucked up on and where you need to get better at. I know there's things I need to get better at. Um, and I don't want to make an excuse out of that because it's a great question. I can't excuse that. I can't say, well, I'm, what I mean it for her is different. Because oh, everybody's experience is going to be how she sees me. I could have to go off how she sees me the same way. Um, I'm going off how I see her, right? Um, right, right? And that's why I think even when I said that, I don't think it's like, hey, you need to be fully spiritually connected and woo-side out and just have no issues. It's more so like, I don't want you to come broken yeah just broken right i need you to heal from that part and i'm not broke but you're saying you are you are broken you are you're broke like and i'm not saying you i'm broken as well we're Mm -hmm. broken it's just not in the area or aspect that the level of importance because you're dealing and you're going through it as a man we put a higher level of importance on it to something that's very minute we relate a woman being broken to a previous man, right? And even in your explanation of heartbreak, mm-hmm. we got to learn how to compartmentalize a lot of that. Like you're dealing with somebody, which I stop me if I go too far off topic, mm-hmm. but when you start talking about your relationship and the breakup, now you're putting your emotions again over that person. Like there's no telling the backseat that that person took to their emotions. And now that they're separating, they're finally getting their rocks off as to what they do now how you look at that person from there on out is how you look at that person. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you take that to the next relationship that you can't trust a woman based off of that. You don't even want it to get to that point at first. So then where's the self-reflection? Right. You know and I saying? think, yeah. And I think we're in, let me know if I'm wrong. Cause I know y'all going to tell me, or if you understand, I guess where I'm going with it. Okay. I feel like, I feel like my heartbreak. Sorry, I know I'll be trying to find oh, the words. Uh, like, <laughs> like he free. <laughs> uh, I do feel like I bring things that's, that's obviously broken. And I'm not. I haven't healed from from like 
my past that really extends from, you know, my first heartbreak, which is my grandmother. And then mm-hmm. it gets deeper than that. Like, like for me, and I open up with you, I'm go a little bit deeper. It gets even deeper than that because for my whole mother's side, I've lost everybody I knew. And I think it comes different from when that person was already gone when you came mm-hmm. or you just never just- really had a relationship with them. But if I go deeper into the story to me, I, so the first one that passed, I'm gonna go back here. So the first one that passed, I was eight years old was my aunt, which is my mother's sister. Okay. So I think what happens for, with me is like, I'm my mother's son, right? I'm, I'm her best friend. Right, young young mother, things like that. So every hurt that you experience, I experience, okay. especially since I'm in it with you, right? And especially since it's close to me. So first one is my aunt. I'm eight years old. It's my mother's sister, same mother, same father, right? Boom, that happens. What's this? Six years later, unexpectedly, and that one was to me was unexpectedly. Right. Grandma, pass. Now let's go back to mom. Another one hit for mom. Right. Two of the closest people in her life, right? For a woman, a lot of times your closest friend is your sister. If you have sisters and brother, if, if you if you only have brothers, then obviously it's probably going to be your brother, right? But for a lot of women, if you had a sister, one of your first best friends was your sister. Um. Then my grandfather lost grandfather, and I'm and these are like these like these aren't just um. Oh shit! Dang. No, finish your statement, right? These aren't just um like age deaths, right? Right. Either deaths where things like things come up. Aunt was pneumonia. Grandmother was a heart attack in her sleep. Okay. Grandfather dies uh 2015, caught cancer, mm-hmm. dies. My uncle, which was surprised, this happened in 2018, mm. dies. unexpectedly in the hospital heart stops in the hospital so this is all my mother's siblings right Mm -hmm. so the last one really hurt in 2018 it it really really fucked with me because it was the first time and and i feel like in my well no my grandfather was the first one but um my Again, anytime, every time this happened to my mother, it happened to me. So now, grandpa, this is her last sibling. So this really fucked her up, which also fucked me up. But I'm not home. I'm not able to touch the situation. Right. Right. I'm living out of state, things like that. And one of the bigger reasons I dropped out of college was because, like, what every boy has was I feel like I need to be home taking care of mom. Right. So a lot of things always say what? And it's nothing really that you can. Right. 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 So it stems back to all that feels away that you right. haven't come home. You get what I'm saying? Like right. it's, it's like a, a double edged sword. I, right. me, I completely right, right. So that goes That's and right. six months later after uncle, both my uncles on my dad's side was both my dad's brothers die. Month back Easy. to back. I don't make I'm working and I'm such in go mode and things like that. I make a decision that um which I think I regret today. I, and I deal with it in a way, in a way, but it's not as bad as just going through the actual deaths. The first time is like, I don't make the last two funerals. 
Right. Mm. right. I don't even want to see. Make it. That yeah. Right. I don't even want to. I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to be in be in that atmosphere. Right. Because I went to uncle's funeral, my mom's brother, and knew what she dealt with, and had just saw that, and already fucked with me, and affected my job and what I was doing, and a fresh mm-hmm. career that I was rising in. And when uncle happened, boom, kind of hurt me a little bit, and I kind of got here, and then both the uncles six months later hit. So I've always dealt with loss. Mm. so like i think that's it affects, your heartbreak yeah i think yeah i think it affects me in a way where like it is almost put a and this might have got off of your question or to be honest yeah it, yeah. it, it puts an expectation that shit gonna leave anyway so right. i don't take it as serious and, and maybe that's my thing a commitment okay. with marriage and how i look at it and i'm looking well, back on it now period it's like it could just, just be commitment, commitment period right right and that's why i say a lot of men do with shit and i think people think commitment is just about you want to be a player and want to mm-hmm. fuck everything and you could do that within commitment you know because that has nothing to do with commitment but my thing is like i think there's almost like a fear of loss there so my situation comes from that dealing with women and in a situation where i have gotten vulnerable i feel like uh it also has you know backfired so yeah i agree that you know i come with my own shit so you had a great point there like i really don't have a answer i can explain (laughs) i really i mean that was good like that that made more sense. It does. And it that makes a, a lot sense. It explains, explains a lot. lot. Yeah, it explains a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a good point for us to put a pin in this conversation. I don't okay. want to end the convo. I think we're we're getting somewhere and you guys tell me how y'all feel. We should probably turn this into a series to revisit. So Yeah, definitely. We some time so we do. To, yeah, you know, kind of sit with um with it and then we can come back and say, you know, the next conversation that we have, we only gonna focus on like the trauma of heartbreak relationship wise break that down and then the next time we revisit like part three all right let's deal with death all right let's right. deal with the separation of money you know yeah and we can break it down into different compartments so we can touch every avenue because i think this is an amazing conversation and i think breaking it down to each part is a form of healing instead of throwing like a big band-aid on a blanket right or like right. A, you know so, so this one will be like this one will be what like lost yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think this was a great intro into it. Um right. y'all got any anything quick nah. on that or y'all good? No, I'm good. I'm straight, man. Y'all got me in my good. Uh, you got you in your in feelings, my, Mike? In my uh emotional bag, my heart bag. Yeah, nigga, you got a bomb so, yeah. about to go off in that boy. If you don't go check right. them cookies, them what uh, is beep. what is beeping? This thing alarm our alarm our alarm. Our alarm system Damn. jacked up. We supposed to have a person come check on it. It just be beeping like talking about the zone is fucked up. And you just, zoned it. you just zoned it. We just zoned it out at this point. Like the whole house. <laughs> no, I, know, I, know, I know. I got to go down there and put the code in and stuff. And we too deep. Right. We too deep in this thing. Conversation. Boy, I could have <laughs> gave you a soliloquy <laughs> while you ran and changed the battery, bro. Like, what up? <laughs> Double A battery in there going about some business. And I'm a man. My knee keep hitting this table. And I don't know if y'all have seen yeah, the camera do this a few times. I know. I meant to tell you. You're on the shaking. fall line. <laughs> All right. How do y'all want to do the outro? All right. We're going to do it like this. You got any church right. announcements for sure? You good? No church announcement. We're no good today. No, I'm good. Right. Yeah. So give them your socials yeah. before you go. Sure. All right. All of my socials is Shell Universe. You can catch me on everything. IG. Um, TikTok, everything, Shell's Universe. You don't be TikToking. I, I do be TikToking. Thank you. Don't be you. TikToking. 
You're not I a do. TikToker in your house. I'm not. No, my son is. God, he's TikTok famous. Hey, I'm yeah. about to come back and take the crown. Right. Uh, what you got? I'm about to come back, <laughs> but um, man, I guess what I got going is 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 is, is trauma and and, and healing. <laughs> uh, so interesting. Interesting enough, man, it's been a um interesting start to the year for me. It's been a lot of reflection, a lot of um being in that emotional bag, um. Which I love. I, I I love this side of me, right? That that has a little bit more understanding of me. Um, so I, I like this side of me. I'm I'm continuously ready to grow. Focus right. on goals for this year, and a lot of those goals have to do with you know me just learning myself and just learning my passions even more. Just really educating myself on you know where I want to be. Who I, who I see myself as in the next, you know, two to five years, not necessarily who I see myself as today. Right. I like that. I like that. I like the that. mindset champ. There we go. That's where that's where they can find you. The mindset champ. Also, what is that? Media platform. Could. About that. Uh, but no, yeah. Uh, the mindset champ. champ. Do not. <laughs> He's banging by himself, don't Stop run up on me. That. Talk about blocky blick blicky blood. You know what I'm saying? I support, I believe Kendrick Lamar, we all can be friends, Crips and Bloods. It ain't no ain't no blast thing. I got right. college, college affected me, man. All my peoples. Oh, right, that's <laughs> College shout affected out, me. I feel like I didn't have a choice. Funky <laughs> town. My peeps. Uh Hey. You know what we need, and I'm just gonna throw this out there and you can say about your week, bro. What's up? We need it. We need to get them on screen. I would yeah. feel so I feel like that would be so fire to just get that crew together on screen talking. I don't know how to be <laughs> <No>. done. <laughs> just because I'm like in our grown years, some no, of them I haven't true. talked to since I uh, I'm proud of all I, I see Ira and C Watch on a regular basis, and I'm so proud of the both of them. Like, uh, I don't know what Tim is, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's doing well too. So, um, yeah, I've talked King, to Ira. Yeah, I've talked to Ira, but I haven't yeah. seen Sea Wash and yeah. Tim and them. But yeah, look, hey, we didn't have these people hostage too long, so yeah. We appreciate um, it. No, you're all right. We we appreciate um, you guys plugging it out with us, tapping into a different uh, vulnerability. And, you know, I appreciate Mike sharing. Uh, Shell, I think I appreciate you know. The, the proper place questioning to get us to open up about certain, some of these things um, and, and the topics that we're speaking about. Um, I think, again, it's a great topic. We are going to tap back into this so that way we can dig a little deeper and hopefully some growth comes uh, within ourselves as well as this helps somebody else. You know, uh, for those that aren't going to go to counselors, we are not counselors. Uh, we are not trained professionals. This is all opinion based. Uh, which I think helps because it gives you real life scenarios. So that's my soapbox. Um, I am I am Shivery. That was up there as y'all saw. Follow me on all please. social media. That's <laughs> fine. I am Shivery. I know most of y'all can't spell it, so it's cool with all due disrespect. They'll uh, <laughs> be in there like <laughs> shit. They'll be like Shiv. Sh 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 Shiv. S A S Shiv. Right. But back to the Melanist podcast. Please, please, please. Um, go follow us at the Melanist Podcast. If you don't, 
that beeping noise and mic background, that's a bomb. <laughs> and that shit gonna blow off if you don't follow, like, share the page, all right? And if y'all care sure. about the mindset champ and you don't want his mindset split all across <laughs> the room from the bomb, then you're gonna follow us, like, share, and all of that good stuff, all right? Um, also, disclaimer, let's throw that out there. Let's talk about it. We apologize. We paid uh, for, like, a internet assistant. You know what I'm saying? We got our money's worth for the last program. It went out. The audio was terrible. Everything was wrong with it. So we got something for y'all. We might do a drop two episodes for y'all. We're going to erase that, talk about it again, and get it fixed. I'm okay. Back. So we thank y'all for bearing with us and not judging this based off of that. Like I said, it's a roller coaster. So we're going to take these bumps and hopefully, you know, our shocks are good. So you take the little bumps with us and, you know, we get to smooth setting, a smooth driving. Let's say that. I said bumps, you know. Appreciate but yeah. Thank you guys so much again. We love y'all. Yes, thank we you. We'll see y'all next week, all right? Peace. That's a bad. Uh, why? <laughs>